You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. We put up, not to brag, a lot of new content on the (laughs) Patreon page. Uh, We did Ulysses 2 full hour long episodes, extended episodes, and also a blog post, a thousand word blog post. So uh, now's the time. If you're, if you're craving some baseball discussion and scuttlebutt, especially on the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, at least this past weekend, we provided it to you and you have the opportunity to get all of that. If you just go to patreon.com slash raise unfiltered R A Y S U N F I L T E R E D. There we go. Uh, Ulysses, it is, uh, it has been the first weekend, the first full weekend without live MLB play. So that's been interesting. I, I know for myself, I watched a lot more football. Uh, you probably had to occupy your time in other ways because you are not a football guy per se. Yeah, definitely a, uh, a non-sports weekend. And, and, you know, maybe I needed it. It was nice yeah. to detox from watching grown men throw a ball or or kick a ball. But uh, yeah, it was nice. You know, the weather's getting uh, a little bit colder, which I really do appreciate. And that's not the only thing that changed, obviously, because, wow. uh, My first takeaway, I'm just going in right here. My, My first takeaway is that a team that plays the World Series can change its makeup rather quickly. Oh, yeah. 72 hours had not, had not passed. And this team had j- just did a, a whole bunch of moves, which I'm ready to talk about. Let's get into it. Yeah, there's there's a lot that happened despite no play on the field. There were a lot of, if you like to play general manager, if you like to get into the transaction game, the Rays and many other teams, every other team in baseball uh, did a lot of work uh, over the past several days. So Ulysses, I will let you go ahead and take it away with, uh, some of the many moves and maneuvers the Rays made over the weekend. Well, it started first with the dropping of the options. Uh, they did not take the options of Mike Zanino and, and, uh, Charlie Morton. Um, they were not being picked up, which I think Mike Zanino's was for 4.5 million and Charlie's was for around 15 mil. So they were not picked up. So now they're free agents, but that wasn't it. They also played, uh, placed Kevon Smith, Chaz Rowe, Andrew Kittrich on waivers. They cleared. So now they're also uh, free agents. Kittrich and Chaz Rowe obviously were injured for most of the season. Um, Also, El Clutch was placed on waivers and and, uh, taken by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, so he's no longer with the race. 
uh, a lot of moves. And you, you can understand that these moves were made to, to make space for the 40 man. Now it's at 33, but that 33 is kind of deceiving because there are a few guys that need to be put back into because they were in the 45 injured list, 45 day injured list, like uh, right. Chirinos, Jalen Beeks, Colin Pochet, and yeah. I believe Cody Reed, which AKA the greatest signing of a trade deadline sponsored by Kevin Weiss. So uh, I think he's going to be really good next year. I'm just saying that he will actually play next year. Those other guys that you mentioned will be unavailable next year. That's right. So Kevin, after all of those moves, is there one that is highlighted the most? Like where does your attention go to first? Well, it's interesting because I think we sort of realized that they were going to decline Morton and Zanino. And I think the idea is to bring them back. I don't think they're going anywhere else. So the Rays have an opportunity to save some payroll there and allocate that uh, in, in different venues. For me, the, bi the biggest surprise on the whole was the fact that the Rays now only have one catcher one catcher on the 40-man roster, and I don't think he's ready to step into an MLB game necessarily, and that's Ronaldo Hernandez, the catcher of the future. So right. uh, by getting rid of Kavon Smith and letting go of Perez and Zanino, at least for now, uh, that makes things really interesting as far as what they're going to do. Honestly, the thing that stuck out to me the most was Michael Perez. I did not see that coming, quite Me frankly. Either. And good on the Pirates. The Pirates, we, we don't say often that they make shrewd moves or make a good move, but in this case, they have, and they have a really good history of getting offensive production out of their catchers. So I think uh, this is sort of a, I don't want to say win-win, because if you're a Rays fan, you'd like to have, I think, Michael Perez on the roster. But for the Pirates and for Perez, I think this could be a good thing, because even though Perez is going to at right now not so good of an organization he might get the opportunity to get more regular playing time at 28 years old which i think he's ready for and i think yeah. he could he could maybe be uh, a guy that he, he gets enough catcher production where I, I i could see something where we look back a couple of years and say why did we let michael perez go why did we just let him leave like the rays have done so many other times with so many other catchers he is going to be added to that long list of of good hitting catchers that somehow the race just didn't uh keep john jaso steven vaught robinson chirinos uh, it, it's gonna <laughs> happen michael perez we we saw how he could handle the bat way better he wasn't just hacking away Okay, he he actually had a plan. It seemed like he had a plan, and he could actually handle the bat going oppo. That was really nice. <laughs> His home run in the ALDS game three mm -hmm. that was oppo. That's not an easy thing to do, and and he was able to do that. So uh, good for him to get more playing time. Obviously, in a rebuilding team coming off from the World Series, might be a little bit different, um, right? Uh, enthusiasm wise, but I hope that he gets way more playing time. He gets to show what he, what he, what we think he can do. But, um, what, what else? I mean, these, these moves, Andrew Kittredge, I mean, he's not coming back and that sucks. No. He's injured. Chaz Rowe yeah. makes too much money for what, you know, John Curtis can provide or Ryan Thompson can provide. So he's out. Um, anything else that really caught your attention here? Really? I think the biggest thing is, 
look, let me flip this on you uh, uh, and give you a prop bet if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. Charlie Morton and Mike Zanino will be on the roster next year. We'll be on the Rays roster next year. Yeah, yeah, they are. This is just a, 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 um, a plan by the Rays, obviously, to, to reduce payroll, but not because they're going to get somebody important like every race fan is is clamoring for. And there, there's no JT Real Muto coming. Oh, there's no catching. Why? There's no catching. Oh, my God, JT's coming. That's their biggest plan. That's the biggest plan. Not happening. Not, happening. not in a million years. No. I mean, no. and there's too much competition and the Rays are never going to win that sort of competition. So, no, what they're doing is they're, they're going to decrease Charlie's pay. They're going to decrease Mike Zunino's pay. And then who else can benefit from that? Yep, you got it. The franchise player, uh, the guy with the most uh, greenest eyes in center field, Kevin Kiermaier, because of that payroll deduction in these two players, they'll actually be able to swallow that $10 million salary for KK and say, okay, you get one more year with us here. And or if they're really feeling spunky, maybe use that money towards an investment of one of their young players, maybe an Austin Meadows, maybe a Tyler Glass now, maybe a Randy Aras Arena. What would Randy take right now? Do you think Uh, he would take a a six-year, seven-year contract extension up to $50 million? Maybe. I mean, he's already like in talks for a movie. So I mean, maybe there's much more yeah. money to be made if you're Randy Rosarena than six years, 50 mil, but you never know, right? Life can, can change on a dime. Just like apparently uh, the race think that uh, dominating Blake Snell can turn on a dime in game six of the world series. Still not over it. Okay. Keep that going. is true. I know. I know. Uh, did you like Blake Snell's little uh, Halloween outfit? Oh, that was awesome. Looking like a dinosaur. Okay. Snellzilla. <laughs> That's a win for Snell. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give him that. There we go. I'll give him his credit uh-huh. there. No, yeah. A lot of roster moves there. Again, really, <laughs> the biggest one to me was was Michael. And again, if you haven't and look at some of the things he did, not just hitting the other way, but his two strike approach, being able to get mm-hmm. a runner in from third on a sacrifice fly, yep. uh, things like that. And he showed some athleticism behind the plate. He runs too. Things of that sort. Yes. So he's a guy who can go from, from first to third. I, mm-hmm. I don't see a, not, uh, a lot of catchers, even Mike Zanino going first to third. That's station to station for a lot of guys. Michael Perez had got some wheels on him too for a catcher. And that's nice to see. So Ulysses, the, catching roster or the catcher on the Rays roster in 2021 will have Ronaldo Hernandez, right? Uh, Mike Zanino. Are you saying yes to that? He is coming back. He's coming back. Okay. Yeah. Who is the third guy? Is it, do they bring back a Kavon Smith or do they go out and get a veteran mid tier level catcher? A la Kurt Suzuki, Robinson Torino's, Avila. I mean, there's a, there's many guys out on the open market right now. Jason Castro, Tyler Flowers, so on and so forth. Unless you're a baseball fan that um, that knew about Kevin Kevon Smith last year and that knew about Chris Herman, uh, that's a type of baseball knowledge that you're going to have to possess in order to know the names of the catchers that are coming on because they're the same type of player. The like Kevon Smith and Chris Herman. They're not going to be names that you're like, oh, Kurt Suzuki. Yeah, he, he's had. Oh, uh, 
Salvador Perez, that's a great trade. Or Wilson Contreras, I can't believe they made that. No, it's not going to be anything like that. It's going to be a Kevon Smith, a Chris Herman type, and uh, we're just going to have to deal with it. I, I, But in that case, wouldn't they have just kept Michael Perez on the roster? Why would they go through all this then of having sure. to try to search for somebody and trying to, okay, let's see if we can bring back Kevon Smith. I'd rather have Michael Perez than Kevon Smith on the roster, so I don't necessarily we do. understand that. But yeah. look at how they have treated Michael Perez in, with playing time. They, the Rays Fair. never really wanted to give Michael Perez a shot. They, 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 they could have, and they did not. They didn't pull the trigger on giving Michael. I mean, if, look at how much he played during the postseason run. That was ridiculous. That was a, a kind of a slap in the face and tells you they don't really care for Michael Perez. And they were fine just shipping him off to, to the Pirates. And honestly... Uh, that's what tells me, hey, they're not going to get a Suzuki type or whatever. Like, why why leave Michael Perez? They never really cared for either his catching abilities or his hitting abilities. I don't know what, but they didn't want to keep Perez in. Uh, I think, look, I think they're going to, I don't know if it's going to be a trade for a catching prospect or signing a Suzuki Chirinos type. One thing, Ulysses, we can agree on they will not be signing JT Real Muto. No. He is, the Rays are not giving him a six-year, seven-year, $180 million offer. No, it's, not, that's not going to happen. I don't know where where some of this stuff comes from of, oh, yeah, let's we can get Nolan Arenado. We can pay him $30 million a year, right? You know, no. it, it's it's so funny because in the, in, the, in the hot stove, that's why it's so entertaining, right? Because you can play GM uh, from your couch and and – and it's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's really fun to talk about all this stuff. But, you know, I think there has to be some sort of, you know, reins here and, and, and some, some boundaries. Like, you, if yeah. how long, first of all, how long have you followed this team? Because if it's a year, then, okay, I'll give you a pass. couple years, fine. But if you've been following this team since basically a decade, you should know that when they have a big signing, quote-unquote, it isn't a big signing for like 28 other teams. Like right. what they did with Charlie Morton, that was crazy. We were all flipping tables. And honestly, guys, that was 15 mil a year. For two years. And like, a team option. You know, uh, uh, Guys, I, teams do that in their sleep. Exactly. Really. That's, a, that's less than a qualifying offer. You guys, that's less than a qualifying offer. And that was the biggest free agent signing in the race history. So don't come at us with JT Real Muto signings and wants. Yeah, of course we want him. Duh, right. That would be amazing. It ain't happening. You know what? Look, if you want to be more realistic, but still probably likely not going to happen uh, on fan graphs. So James McCann, for all intents and purposes, is mm-hmm. the second best catcher on the market. Um, they project him to get somewhere in the range of what Darno got last season two years 14 to 16 million something in that range maybe it's a makeup for letting darno walk and it's like okay we definitely need a guy who can hit behind the backstop and go from there probably not going to happen but i can understand that more than jt real muto let's I, just leave it at that i think i can understand that better it ain't happening either why well because if you have a catcher and that, and their biggest responsibility is knowing the pitching staff and all of that, and 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 kind of forsake the bat a little bit because that's your 
corporate culture that yeah. you, you'd rather have a defensive guy. Well, why not offer that money to somebody who already knows the pitching staff like TDA? They said that's not worth it. So why would it be worth it to come Good in point. someone from the cold? So again, two for 14, two for 16, that would make sense to me. But just knowing that they didn't do that for somebody who knew their pitchers, then that's already too much. Right. And maybe they thought of, well, Darno's small sample size. It was just a good half year and he's got the injury history and everything like that. So there's a lot that goes into it. But on, to your point, that is why people might be saying, why are they going to bring back Mike Zanino and his small bat yeah. back to the club? Well, because he knows the pitching staff, right. because he already has those relationships. He knows the playbook. He knows what's going on. And that is why there's another team out there that's probably not going to even up or give a better offer to him than the Rays will get. It's ba- right. To me, it's sort of Rays or bust. Yeah. Because another team's not going to bring him in and say, okay, do all this work, learn the pitching staff, and uh, get, all your, get all your ducks in a row and go out and hit 170 for us. No, I don't think that's going to happen. If they're going to you know, pay him, they're, they're going to have to pay him $2 million or $1.5 million or whatever. So. And it's, you know what? It's nice to play for a team that is uh, obviously headed to the playoffs for the next two, three years. So Mike might be like, okay, if somebody offers me $4 million, but it's to play yeah. for, you know, whoever it is, you know, that, that doesn't do anything for the Tigers. Okay. Do I go to the Tigers for four mil or do I stay in Florida with my family where I've been for the last two years for two mil right. for two and a half mil? And maybe I got incentives that I could actually get to four mil if I, if I succeed. And, and I know the pitching staff already. I can just focus really on my hitting for the next six months. Maybe. And to your point, if they're only going to, if they're not going to bring in like a true decent veteran, he's, he's going to get the bulk of the playing time. He's going to get probably more playing time, a more bigger percentage of the playing time because they're not going to give a lot of time to Kevon Smith or Ronaldo Hernandez. If that's the plan. And Mike Zanino, not only the last two years he's been in Tampa, he's a Florida boy born and raised. I mean, Cape Coral, Gainesville, uh, Tampa Bay. He's, I don't think he's leaving central Florida anytime soon. There you go. It's just my opinion there. So as much as you probably don't want to see Mike Zanino in a raise uniform next year. Oh, it's happening. Uh, yeah. He's probably going to be at a raise uniform next year. <laughs> so, Oh, good stuff. Uh, we'll have more on this, some more roster moves and some things to get into. But first we've got to tell you about the best protein bar on the planet. That is Built Bar. Uh, the improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever before. Ulysses, they're up to like 18, 19, 20 different flavors. You can pretty much have, look, it's November. Uh, this is a time where people want to try to get in shape before I think they they go yeah. ham on, on, on some, some Thanksgiving turkey. Food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you're watching your weight a little bit and you really want to maintain and then go go for broke during the holidays. Look, Built Bar is, is the best way to do that. If you're like, I'm craving something sweet, but I don't want to ruin my whole day with, with uh, an unhealthy cookie or something like that. Look, Built Bar, they're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And all that said, they're still low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. For example, I've got the peanut, uh, peanut butter flavor right here. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams sugar, and just five grams net carbs. Pretty good stats right there. You could 
If you wanted to, you could indulge in more than one built bar. You could have two, three, four. You can kind of go a little crazy with it if you want to. And uh, you definitely won't run out of uh, flavors to try and enjoy. Uh, to get a box for yourself, a box of built bars, go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on. And that'll get you 20% off your promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, Ulysses, continuing on this discussion of what we learned, takeaways, observations from the weekend. My observations are also related to some of the roster maneuvers that the Rays had made and other teams have made. The first thing, as you mentioned, the Rays did add Jalen Beeks, Yanni Chirinos, Colin Pache, and Cody Reed back to the 40-man roster. What's interesting, though, is that so Beeks, Chirinos, and Poche, even though they're injured and likely going to have Tommy John surgery, they're really they're just wasting a spot on the yeah. 40-man. When and can they go to the injured list? Because once the season starts. So basically the Rays are kind wow. of handcuffed. Really, if you want to look at it, they've got a 37-man roster. Exactly. That's what they've got. Yeah. So my look, Rob Manfred. I'm going to send him an email. I'm going to shoot him a text. I'm going to give him some ideas here. One is if we're going to continue to have 28-man rosters, which I'm on board with, I'm totally okay with, especially with how the Rays mix and match their pitching staff and their benches and and stuff like that. Uh, Can we have a 42-man roster? Yes. Or if not a 42-man roster, an off-season injured list where you could place up to maybe two guys. You could place a Jalen Beeks or Yanni Torinos on the injured reserve off-season list and that way have a couple more spots open. I would love that. I would love that. I mean, the, like you said, the Rays are handcuffed here with 37. And, yeah. and, and there are many more moves to come. It's A lot of them are going to be financially. Obviously, I think that's going to be the, the, the first thing in, with basically 28 teams, 29 teams, if not 30 teams are going to look for ways to kind of save uh, a buck or two or 10 million bucks um, because of what, you know, the season was uh, this year with, with less uh, possibility of revenue, they're going to, they're going to have to do something and it's going to happen and it's going to suck. A lot of good ball players are going to be, be uh, out there twiddling their thumbs. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's not good for the sport. And we can get into how that's going to affect the the collective bargaining agreement that should be uh, talked about in 2021. Right. So that's going to affect some things. But yeah, 42 men or, or like a little offseason injured list of two, three people. That would be fantastic, especially yeah. right now for the race where you said three guys are not going to be factors at all in the 2021 right. season. And they have to be in the 40 man. Yeah. And then once the 2020 season officially starts, once that first date is, I guess, spring training or whatever, those guys are just going to be taken off of it. Like it may, to me, it doesn't make any sense at all. And really, if you want to look at it, it kind of hurts some of these players because if, if Yanni Chirinos was named Ryan Sheriff or something like that, he'd probably be released. Yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't have a 40 man roster spot. But if you had this, you know, off-season injured list sort of a thing. Maybe you can stash him there until he gets fully healthy. And I think, again, if you're going to have the 28-man roster, that's more of an opportunity for guys to get injured and hurt. And that's just, it just, 
it creates more of a roster crunch, I think, by doing this, by just leaving at 40 men or not having some kind of clause or something in the offseason. Which means this is going to be an even more delayed uh, hot stove than we have seen right. in years. I mean, we have seen a couple in the last five years that just dragged on and, and, and there were very big moves late January, uh, early February. And you're like, wow, that's that, that, that took a while. This is going to be insane. You're going to see insanity yeah. here. Like really good players are going to be available February, March. Cause now when you have the opportunity to put three, four guys in the 60 day DL or 45, whichever one it is now, um, then you're going to have a little bit more space in the 40 man, just like every other team. And there are going to be good players available and then you're going to attack them. But so that, that's going to be good for, for teams to have quality in February or March to, to obtain. That's honestly good news, yeah. but it's also going to suck for the players, really good players to be in February and March at home, not knowing where they're going to pack their bags and where they're going to go 24 hours later. Right that's that's gotta suck so what you're saying is we could see another fan fest trade from the rays where they traded emilio pagan he was <laughs> yeah. signing autographs he was walking around in his jersey yeah you know, taking pictures and then not a day later God. he's traded to the Padres for manny Margot. imagine if you if that day in fan fest you you bought a pagan jersey you're like you know i'm really into pagan i'm i'm gonna get it signed this is gonna be my jersey for 2020 and not 24 hours later he gets traded to san diego um yeah i I think that's that's definitely gonna happen and what fan fest was february 8th if i'm not mistaken Uh february 8th you're good with your calendars you know (laughs) you know when the days are and such i know it was early february that's all i know you you've got (laughs) You got the uh, you got eyes in the sky on on the dates and such. I, I've always been into dates. I don't know why. Maybe because I, yeah. I really enjoyed history classes. But uh, yeah. yeah, so February eighth, uh, you're going to see moves like that where you're say where basically you're trading away your closer mm-hmm. late February, early March, maybe even during spring training. It's going to be insane. Couple things here. One, you mentioned jerseys, and if some. Uh, ill-advised person out there bought a Pagan jersey. Uh, don't do that. Don't buy a reliever's jersey, especially yeah. if you're a race fan. Uh, but our buddy, Daniel Foley, who's a Patreon subscriber, he was asking for suggestions on what color Kevin Kiermeyer jersey he should buy. And we said, you shouldn't buy a Kevin Kiermeyer jersey. You should <laughs> buy a Randy Rosarina or a younger player, not a guy who's going to be shipped out of town within the next year or two. 100%. I am a strong pro- proponent of getting Randy Rosarena shirts and jerseys. I think yes. he is going to be the thing. And you know what? If you're feeling a little bit uh, frisky, why not go for a Wander Franco? You know, uh, hey. because he could be a September call up. That's as early as I see him. Uh, mm. in, 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 in the majors. I don't know about you, but I think September should be the right time to get Wander up in here. I would say so. They're already saying a lot of positive things about him for sure. How about this? Instead of, you mentioned that this hot stove is going to be prolonged and kind of slow and simmering. Should we call it the crock pot? Not the hot <laughs> stove? Yeah. You got to leave it, it on all day? Yeah. yeah, it's not boiling. It's going to be a, sm- a slow, sweltering heat. It's, it's a get simmer, this, yeah. Yeah, it's a simmer. Uh, the, you know, the Crock-Pot has, like, you know, the option of, like, one hour, three right. hours, eight hours. It's going to be, like, eight months. 
Yeah. Put that crock pot to eight months. That's what is it. That's what it's at right now. Yeah. The chili, it's going to, you know, you're going to have to leave it on for a while. Yes. Wait till mom and dad get home from work. There we go. Get some snacks. Get some snacks. It's going to take a while. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Related to the 40 man roster. So as of right now, according to Mark Topkin, the Rays have 39 spots filled on the 40 man yet. It looks like they still need to add shortstop Taylor Walls and outfielder Josh Lowe to the roster to save them from being uh, taken in the Rule 5 draft by another team. With that, Ulysses, so two spots, or one spot for two guys, who is the next Rays player to go? Is it Ryan Sheriff? Is it Trevor Richards? Is it Brett Phillips? Is it... Brian O'Grady, Aaron Sleegers, Kevin Padlow, an outfielder, a little used reliever, somebody else. Man. I want to prop bet on who is it? Who is the guy? I think who are you dropping? Ha- I think it has to be uh, a reliever because, like you said, those are yeah. a dime a dozen, right? So, unfortunately, I think Ryan Sheriff could be a, yeah. a big target there. Uh, you, you might be able to get another lefty who does what – sheriff did for 2020 so that's unfortunate because we really liked his story and his background and all the things that he had done in order to get to the major leagues once again um yeah i would say a reliever i don't think it's going to be a a big name that you drop off for for taylor walls or for josh lowe like you know i I expect them to be uh saved in the 40 men though that's for sure that they have to be protected because if not they will be taken oh absolutely a hundred percent and i think and Cody Reed is going to presumably be healthy in 2021. That's a lefty right there. there Jose you Alvarado, I, you've got lefties to choose from there. Yes. So I think if I had to, if I had to put my money on it, probably Ryan Sheriff and you know, he could come back on a minor league deal or something like that. So yeah. um, that's going to be something to watch going forward. The other thing, and I know that we don't want to get too free agent uh, happy here and, uh, well, this guy's available. This guy's out there. But <laughs> it is curious that so many other teams have not picked up options, what seemed like reasonable options yeah. for those respective clubs. So there's a lot of guys out there, a lot of mid-tier players that could be had for a decent price. So maybe yeah. the Rays go out and sign somebody or take a flyer on somebody, knowing the market, supply, demand, uh, less competition, for some of these guys just throwing some names out there, not saying just some of the interesting names whose options weren't picked up. Corey Kluber, Darren O'Day, Submariner, by the way, Brad Hand, Martin Perez, Mitch Moreland, Colt Wong, Tommy Canley, your boy, Ryan Braun, Sergio Romo, Chris Archer, of course, <laughs> uh, and Jonas Cespedes and Yasiel Puig are also still out there. So uh, Ulysses, all that said, do you think the team adds – not saying it's going to be a catcher or somebody like that. Some sort of mid-tier, sort of well-regarded free agent uh, with this new new market where, you know, uh, guys aren't getting what they probably should get. God, I, I mean, I hope so. I mean, there's also a guy like Carlos Santana out there who yeah. basically walks almost as much as he strikes out. And that's good because he doesn't strike out more than 16, 17%, but he's also walking at a 15, 16% yes. clip. That's pretty impressive. I know if you go and see his numbers, um, he barely batted um, 
the uh, on the Mendoza line, but he's a 260, 250 career hitter. So you can say, hey, 2020 short season. Yes, uh, you know, uh, you can throw that out the window. Edwin Encarnacion is out there too, right? His option wasn't picked up. Nelson right. Cruz is available. Uh, you know, you said Yoenis Cespedes, Yasiel Puig. I want, I want a bat. Ryan Braun. I mean, somebody. You uh, a guy with, who doesn't strike out so much, right? Yes, I think a less uh, than 25 percent strikeout rate. Exactly. Somebody that's uh, like the Santana, eighteen percent clip, seventeen percent clip. You can you can take that because what we saw in the playoffs, especially in the world series, but you could say that it, it was a whole yeah. playoff uh, drought offensively, which we will get into to, in tomorrow's episode. So stay tuned for that. Yes. Um, it, it's the offensive ineptitude that happened in October. This team was better than what they, they showed and they still got to game six of the world series, 11 outs away from getting to a game set. Let's not forget that 11 outs. Yes. That's, that's, that's nothing to, to scoff at so but imagine if they had had some guy who didn't strike out 36 37 percent of the time in every at bat so uh let's hope that there is room for a veteran bat that can kind of provide some stability yes that is a, a great teaser for tomorrow because we will be diving into what was uh an interesting offensive year between the regular season and the postseason, and the need for getting some of those strikeouts off the roster. I think that should be a priority. Ulysses, anything else? Anything else we want to touch on? I know, uh, shout out to West Tampa native Tony LaRussa and his <laughs> 76-year-old self for getting a managerial job with the oh. Chicago White Sox, a young, budding, talented team with a lot of unique personalities. And I, I don't know if this is going to... Start or end great for Tony Larusa, but you know. how is it that very important jobs are only filled by pe- people that are over seventy-five years old? Wink, wink. Because wink, the wink. owners are over seventy-five years old. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's all over the industries where you know yeah. uh, septuagenarians are are suddenly getting a lot of important jobs. But uh, yeah. man, look, it's it's crazy. I, I I did not see that coming. And did you notice? that the first time that the White Sox posted the Tony La Russa thing, the A.J. Hinch signature yeah. was embedded into the announcement that... It goes to show you that organization is dysfunctional. They don't yeah. have their ducks in a row. That right. is the issue. They've got a lot of young, talented players and studs that are fun to watch. But the fact that you go out and hire... Look, I love what Tony La Russa has done for baseball and everything, but... Games. I don't want to say the game's passed him, but he's not a good fit for the White Sox. And this was clearly a hire just made by Jerry Reinsdorf, who yeah. has made a lot of bad decisions in his sports ownership yes. uh, hemisphere before. So this, I think this is gonna. This is like a reality show. It's a head let's scratcher. Get a camera in there. Yeah, let's oh, get a camera I, in there. Yes. It's a, it's a Showtime. Uh, eight eight episode series, you know, like they did with uh, the franchise with the Marlins. It's hard knocks. Yes, yeah. I like that actually. I thought that was good stuff. I don't know why it got canceled after a season or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They they, did. I think they did the Marlins first and then the the Giants. Right? It was really good. Yeah, they did. I loved. I thought it was really as good as Hard Knocks. I mean, it was it was pretty much the same stuff that you're looking for. I didn't. Maybe they needed to call it something different. Yeah, maybe baseball edition or something like that, but. Yeah, yeah that, I, I might have to go to YouTube and see if I can find some of the old episodes because <laughs> okay. that would we'll use, was yeah. that when uh, 
Brian Wilson was on the roster and such. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I, th- and, and then Ozzy Guillen had his whole, uh, debacle with, uh, with right. Miami. And for example, Ozzy Guillen. Yeah. That was stupid. What he said back then. It's been eight years. Like how, how does a guy like a rod come back and, and is like the face <laughs> of like baseball analysts and a guy like Ozzy Guillen gets, uh, passed over for managerial jobs where a 76 year old Tony La Russa gets it, uh, where a, a cheating, uh, manager like AJ Hinch gets hired with the tigers, which unbelievable that that happened. But I guess we're now just ranting. So we should cut this off before we yeah, say something. Probably we're regret. Yeah. That is, that is good. Uh, I mean, I guess for the Rays, it helps that, you know, Matt Catraro is still, yeah, on the bench for you. So you know, if, hey, let let other teams make bad managerial hires and go from there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, hey, we might see some more sack bunts, and you know, Lucas Giolito might let him go deep, seven eight innings. Okay. That's true. If all you right. Wanna, yeah, you're right. The White Sox might uh, go retro on us. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, reminder: Be sure you check out our brand new Patreon page patreon.com slash raise unfiltered a lot of new content up there this week uh, all right that wraps up this edition of locked on rays now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on mlb prospects hope you all have a wonderful day stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow